Sullivan testing the Portuguese. You know, I like to be fit and healthy, so the best way I know is to just get out there and run. Running was an outlet for me to, I guess, feel good about myself and, and take out some of the angers that were going on in my life. Sonny O'Sullivan is going to take the world title back to Ireland. We all have niggles and aches from running, even if the only running you do is at your local park run. Chances are there's a twinge in a knee or an ankle that you think nothing of and run through. And a lot of the time, I'd say you're right to do that, but sometimes you're burying a problem that is only getting worse with each passing run. Like an overdue bill you put on a long finger, your body is the debt collector, and at some point you might get a solicitor's letter. It's a scary thought, I know it, and I'm reluctant to even bring it up, but it is real. How do you differentiate between a niggle and something more serious? Thank God we have two running and prehab experts with us today on Irishman Running Abroad, the one and only Sonia O'Sullivan, and later on, another coach, Trevor Cummins. He's the man Sonia trusts with her training these days, but right now you're holding off on putting on the runner, Sonia. You're in Venice this week. I mean, well, what next, Sonia? Like, where are we going to bring you from next? Is it Kilimanjaro or something? What brings you to Venice? So, oh, this is a little bit of a, a stop along the way. So I, I was in Brussels last week for the Diamond League track mate. Um, we had a couple of athletes there. Um, that was the last one of the regular season um, with athletes still collecting up points for the Diamond League final, which is on this week in Zurich but it's less than a week between the two events um, so a number of athletes um, they have to kind of fill a gap between the two so mm. you can either go back home if you live in Ireland or the UK or somewhere you know not America or Australia or anywhere like that so there's always a few athletes hovering around the place and looking for somewhere to stay and oftentimes at this time of the year it's easier to run a race than to go and do some training and to be unpacking and repacking and things like that so, yeah, there was a track meet here in Padua in Italy just last night. A uh, small little track. It's like the Cork City Sports initially mm-hmm. in sunshine and warm weather. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, it's exactly like it. You know, the same kind of organization, you know, local people who volunteer and have been running the show for many years. I think last night was the 35th edition. Um, I think the Cork City Sports might be up in the 90s at this stage. Um, so yeah, so it's always nice to support these small events that, you know, they were probably bigger back in the day, but they're still, you know, a part of the annual calendar for, for the people here and, uh, in a small little town, but the, the closest airport is Venice. Very so nice. then when you're in Venice, you know, it's like being when you're in Rome, <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. might as well go and, uh, check it out. And I'd never been here before and I heard that it was nice to. You know, if you're here, you might still go into Venice. It's like half an hour on the train. And so we did that this afternoon. Um, so, yeah, just flippers rather than runners these days. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> who, who, who is we when you say we, we did that? So Nick is here with a few of his athletes. Um, so he had, who did he have running last night? So Andrew Coskern actually ran last night, um, Irish athlete. And he ran a personal best, 335 for 1500. And Matt Ramsden ran an Australian athlete and he's going to be a pacemaker in Zurich so he has to maintain some fitness and he ran a pretty good 1500 as well and then another coach Collis Birmingham who's working with Nick at the moment so the three of us went in to check out Venice which you know we'd probably be the three most non-tourist type people 
you know, when we're on this train full of people and I'm saying it's just full of tourists here, <laughs> they're like, what do you think you are? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And also, Sonia, I guess when you aren't getting the runs in, it must feel doubly like you're uh, you're a tourist. There is no way uh, there's you're literally in the walking shoes around the place. Are you missing it at all? I mean, when we're talking um, about nicks and niggles, this this thing that you've had in your foot is an ongoing thing that you've tried to get resolved multiple times. How are you feeling overall? Uh, well, you kind of get to the point where you, you know, when you haven't run for a good few days, you, you're nearly afraid to start running again, so you can't even think about it. Mm. So, so no, I don't miss it. And I, in a way, I'm not looking forward to, you know, those first few runs back. Um, but I'll have to take it fairly slowly, I'd say. So this is the but, time when you and I need to meet up for a run because I'll be able to keep up. <laughs> I'll be like, <laughs> oh, wow, <laughs> I'm amazing. Uh, I've, had a, I've had a rough old week, but we'll get to that. We'll get to that. The biggest Irish athlete performance of the week. You know the one I'm going to bring up. Kira McGinn, 3.56.63, 2.22 seconds off your 27-year-old record that you set in Monte Carlo in 1995. Talk us to us a little bit about the feelings you had that night watching Kira absolutely smash it. Well, I, I knew Kira was informed to, you know, give it a good rattle. Um, and it really was going to come down to how the race was going to be run because the two fastest girls of the year, um, Gudup Sege and Faith Kipigon, were not in the race. Mm. Um so there was talk of it going super fast for somebody who was unlikely to be able to keep up with it. And then it was kind of, well, what's everybody else going to do? And and as it turned out, it wasn't as fast as predicted and, and everybody went with the pace. Um, but I think what surprised me most was the fact that Kira actually won the race because it's been such a long time since an Irish athlete has won. Yes. I think, I think she was actually the first Irish athlete ever to win a Diamond League. When I was running it, they weren't called Diamond League. They kind of evolved into that. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, she definitely would be the first athlete to win a Brussels um, Grand Prix or an Outer Diamond League um, since I did um, way back in. That's mad. Maybe like the 90s, maybe it was the last time I would have won a race there. Um, it's, it's amazing how you kind of forget these things. Um, when time goes on, mm. um, and but I suppose the time just really does go on because you know the record that Kira broke, she she threatened it there a couple of years ago, um, and she couldn't quite get it done. And then it took her a few years to really find her confidence and belief in her ability. And I think her her new coach Helen Kildrow has probably helped her out a lot with that. Um, and it does help when you have a coach who's been there and done it, and when you can get the trust of the athlete to really listen to you and believe in what you're saying. Um, like that's the hardest thing with coaching is to get the athletes that you're coaching to actually listen to you. It's not mm. the, it's not always about the sessions and the numbers and things that you do, but it's convincing them of what they're actually capable of doing um, without having to see evidence of that in training because the best athletes run better than they ever do on training in a race. And, you know, I'm sure Kira did that. She was able to pick herself up after the European Championships silver medal because it's often a bit of a letdown after something like that. And, you know, to just get herself in the position to, you know, be competitive and then eventually win the race was absolutely amazing. And I think she, you know, probably stunned the world mm. by doing that. People just really did not expect it. Um, 
you know, if there, were, if there was a betting odds, you would have got high odds for her to win there. Absolutely. I mean, it's such it's been such a long time since she went under four minutes. It's 2019 was the last no, time she came. There was the first time ever she's been under oh, four minutes. Yeah. So this yeah. is the la- I'm just looking at that time. The, la- the closest she came was 2019 when it was four flat point one five. But that's four seconds faster than that. So you, that's really interesting that he, you think that part of it is just convincing her that this was inner. I know you put up a picture or she put up a picture of her meeting you as a really small girl, as a really young girl. Do you remember that? And what was the meeting like when the two of you finally met after the race itself? Yeah, I do remember that time I met her the first time. And uh, I, I I don't know what year it was. I've got to work it out, which which I am in the process of doing when I get a chance. But it was a schools event in Tullamore. Mm. I think they used to run a mile down there. And I think Kira had won the mile. And um, that was after the race. And um, yeah, no, so I was in the warm up area afterwards and we had two girls, Jessica Hull and Sinclair Johnson, who they hadn't really run very well. So we were having a bit of a chat with them. Mm. And I was kind of aware that Kira was going to come back at some stage. So I definitely wanted to catch her, you know, before we all disappeared off into the night. And, you know, to be there, to see her, you know, in that moment when you're still feeling it and, you know, on, on a bit of a high and a buzz from the whole thing. Yeah. Um. So I did catch her as she got back and was running a few laps around the field. So we had a bit of a chat and... And then afterwards, when I was leaving, uh, her manager, um, one of the guys who works with Ricky Sims is um, Mike Skinner. And we were about to, we were just saying goodbye. And Kira, she had an Irish flag in her bag. I'm not sure how or why. <laughs> I think always at the ready. Me, oh, they, they were giving them out in the stadium. But I don't know. I think Kira might always have an Irish flag in her bag. <laughs> and, and so she whipped it out anyway. And it was the, it was a great photo. Like he put it underneath the those ball things in Brussels, so we had the the location and Beautiful. everything. And it's always hard to know what to say yeah. online, you know, to react to something like that. So I said, I'm gonna take a photo and I can just post a photo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, a a, a, a photo <laughs> t- tells a thousand words, and 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 for Kira to find that early photo that was great yeah really really special night and congratulations to Kira who's of course a friend of the show she's appeared on the show before you can go back and listen to that old episode it's there available on patreon.com forward slash Irishman Abroad we are a week out from our big race in Larne the Antrim Coast Half Marathon the dust has settled on it I think it's been a tough week for an awful lot of people who did that or did a big race maybe they did the the Dingle Marathon over the weekend why is it such a tough week? You warned us of this last week, Sonia. Why is it that we start to worry about our niggles, about whether they're actual injuries during this downtime? I Well, I think, I suppose, if you, you get into the routine of running and, you know, even if you have aches and pains and niggles, you manage and you deal with them. And you can, because you're so determined to get to the start line and to get yourself fit and ready to run the race that... You know, to be very few people will be running around without any aches and pains. Mm. And, you know, you just kind of think, well, these are things that I have to carry with me. Yeah. Um, it's, it's part of running and there's different ways of managing it and people just get through stuff. Um, but then when, you know, when all of a sudden the the goal and the you're not really aiming for anything, so you don't have to get yourself up for it anymore. And, and I suppose your guard is down. And all of a sudden, all the defense lines are down. 
And so things do start to appear and mm. you start to feel all these aches and niggles and different things. And you <laughs> think, I need something to aim for here so that I can be distracted and have something to focus on mm. um, rather than wondering why I have different aches and pains. And you know, you know, sometimes it can be just when you get out of bed in the morning and you're walking around and you know if you go for a run, it'll sort all these things out. Um, and you don't have that because you've decided to take a little bit of a break. And I know there's t- plenty of people out there still running around. And, you know, I think there's no harm doing that. I mean, but some people do need to have a bit of rest and recovery. Um, a lot of athletes at the moment, the top athletes are, you know, all taking a break after a big season or on the way to taking a break over the next few weeks. And it's always a difficult thing to manage. Like, how much do you run or how much do you not run? Um, because everybody knows when you have that restart how hard it is um, when when you have to get back out there again and yeah. start to, you know, I suppose you'd love to start back where you left off, but sometimes you just need to have that downtime so that you can rejuvenate yourself, re-energize yourself, just refresh your whole self um, and be able to, you know, get in the routine and put yourself through the hardships again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's funny, like, you know, how we all love running for what it gives you, but it also takes a lot from you because it is a difficult sport to do um, just because of the, the weight bearing um, that you have on your body when you go for a run. Um, mm-hmm. I know when, you know, recently I've been doing a lot on the bike, on the paddleboard, a bit of swimming, walking, even walking, walking just is so exhausting. Like, yeah. <laughs> It was like walking around Venice today. It's just, I'm just not cut out for walking at all. (laughs) (laughs) It is so funny, yeah. When we got back to the train station, I was like straight on a bike to get back to the hotel. I thought, no more walking for me today. (laughs) I have (laughs) enough. (laughs) Yeah, like walking is also so, it's so boring. It's the other thing is like you, your scenery changes so slowly as well that uh, you're just like, oh, God, how long is it taking to get to this place that, uh, yeah, once you've jogged somewhere, it's suddenly it's suddenly doubly hard to walk it. But I can't wait to get into that a bit more with Trevor Cummins when he jumps on. Train with Trevor is our guide and has often jumped on here before on questions of strength training and general training and well-being. He's an expert in all this kind of stuff and especially in setting targets, setting really good targets for yourself. And I know, Sonia, you've consulted him recently around your own targets and what you'll be doing when you're back out there. I certainly struggled mentally this week, I have to say. A few runs I did, the few runs that I did last week were good fun, though. I popped into the Poppin Tree Park run on Saturday where the members of our Irishman Running Abroad Club, Jeremy and Carl, showed me around. Sonia has to be the fastest park run course in Ireland. It is flat as a pancake with a couple of lovely dips on it where you can pick up a bit of speed. If you're looking to break 20 or just have a lovely park run experience, I can thoroughly recommend Poppin Tree Park. But before you ask, Sonia, I didn't wear the denim running shorts that the the (laughs) members gave me. It was absolutely lashing rain and I'm saving them for the Dromiskin 5K on September 11th. (laughs) We have to, to deciphering these niggles from injury. But before we do that, Sonia, let's take a quick spin around the parishes to see what our listeners have been running over the past week. (laughs) 
lots of our listeners ran the Dingle Half Marathon uh, or and full marathon in torrential rain. <laughs> I don't know if you saw the pictures of it, Sonia, but it was exactly as you'd expect, west of Ireland rain, sideways coming at them at the start line. Shout out to Cahill Phelan to start with, who I went for an easy run in the park last week. He did it in a great time. Akuko Wright was in touch. She's been in touch with the show before. She didn't manage a PB, but she said she had a great fast time and had a brilliant time doing it, which is what we love to hear. Negative splits for the last 5k, except, of course, the big hills. There's there's some massive hills in this dingle marathon, Sonia. She said her, she wanted to thank you specifically, Sonia, for her training plan. She said, I didn't follow every single run, but it was a brilliant guide for me. And also she said she didn't see any IRA squad singlets out there, but she's hoping that everybody that ran it had a good time. She loves the fantastic community that's been created over there on Strava. And she looks forward to whatever the next challenge will be. In the second half of the show, we will talk about what the challenge might be. But Sonia, who did you spot on Strava this week? Yeah, well, that Dingle Half Marathon is, uh, I suppose it's one of the most scenic um, half marathons out there. I think they do a marathon as well. Yeah. And um, yeah, but it probably wasn't so scenic on the weekend in the lashing rain. <laughs> but I have um, Neil Tobin here, actually, because it was also a lashing rain in Waterford, in Count- Comra County, Waterford. And she ran seven kilometers and said it was lashing rain, but nice, okay. which is nice. great. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's the perfect, <laughs> perfect amount of rain to cool you down. Yeah, um, actually, she ran nearly five kilometers. <laughs> I'm like reading the numbers back to front. Um, but it is one of those things when it's raining outside and especially if it's, you know, not yet cold rain. I imagine it's not cold rain mm. yet. Camping. It's grand. Um, still the end of summer that... Um, it is one of those things that it's actually quite nice to go out and there's often a lot less people out there when mm. it's raining and you have the, the place all to yourself. So well done to Neov on Neov Tobin on getting out there and uh, enjoying the rain in County Waterford. Love it. OK, well, we got an email from Wes Kenny and I loved this email. I think I sent it on to you, Sonia. Uh, he said, I've been listening to yourself and Sonia over the past few months. And I used it as motivation to get fit and complete the half marathon in Larne. And we didn't even meet Wes Kenny last Sunday. I used to be a runner, he said, not a fast one, but a load of injuries, including arthritis in both hips, more or less put paid to my marathon running. And I had completed nine at that point. Usually I just stick to the park runs and my aim was always to someday maybe run sub 20. Anyway, unbeknownst to you guys, but with your help, I managed to drop 20 kilograms during my training for Antrim and ultimately completed the Antrim Coast Half Marathon in one hour 42 last weekend. And I was hoping to say hello, but didn't come across you. He did meet Neil Fusco, really lovely guy. And he says, welcome back to Ireland. He'd like to invite me to the smallest park run in Ireland in Darndale, where he said at one point they only had two participants in this park run. I didn't know you could do that. He said, if I come down there, there's a good chance I might get the win in the park run. His plan is to run every park run in Ireland. So shout out to Wes Kenny. What a lovely one that is, Sonia, to hear that somebody was just privately doing it on their own. Yeah, no, it's great. I mean, I suppose some people, they just like to just get up, do it, and, you know, they don't need to be involved in all the, um, mm. the socialization with everybody else. But to get the satisfaction of training for the event and heading up there and doing it is, is great. 
Right, well, let's bring Trevor Cummins in on the live line and talk about whether you have a niggle or whether you need to get yourself to a professional. Talk to Jar on 1850-715-815. Good afternoon to you, Trevor in Cove. How are you this afternoon? I'm good, Charles. Very well, thanks. Yeah, good to be back on with you again. Trevor, you've been doing some crazy Great. running yourself. What, what's, what's the most recent event you've, been, you've taken part in? Just focusing on training, really, over the last few weeks, Charles. I've been lucky enough to escape uh, Ireland and being based at San Moritz here in Switzerland. Oh, right. So, That's where you are right now. I thought you were back home. No, 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 not uh, until next week. I'll wow. be home this next week. So um going to get a few more days here at Altitude. Training's been going well and uh, going to hit Newcastle then on Sunday for the Great North Run. So a half margin on Sunday. I mean, Sonia, this is the most uh, diverse episode we've ever done. You in Venice and Trevor in San Moritz. Uh, are you in touch with uh, each other a bit over what the plan is in terms of your return, Sonia? Not yet, no, no, because I'm going to wait. I'm going to get um, an injection of some sort next week in my ankle. I actually don't even know what it is. <laughs> I had an MRI done and they said there was definitely some degeneration in there and there's some injection going to be done but I haven't spoken to the doctor yet because I'm going to speak to him when I go up there on Monday and get the ins and outs of it all and hopefully that will um, give me some relief Um, I don't know it's either going to be a PRP one where they take blood from your arm and then they spin it and they re-inject the blood plasma but then it just kind of tries to generate some more um, healing in the area um, or else it'll be a cortisone injection. I, I really don't know because when the lady was on the phone to me, she was so fast. I didn't get a chance to ask any questions. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, trust, I'm trusting I'm that they hope. know what they do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No. I'm just, any, anything at this stage, you know, I've been putting off with this thing for way too long hmm. um, that I've kind of, you know, I've waved the white flag and looking for help now. Well, there, there then, you go. Yeah, I mean, that, that's it, though, isn't it, Sonia and Trev? The, that, that kind of admission of, I need someone to do something with this, that this is going on too long. This is quite a tricky one to do, because I'm sure that Trevor, even training at high altitude right now, there's bits and pieces that you're like, that's sore every single day. But it, I, I, it's not worth checking. It's not, it's not a big thing. How does one draw the line? Like, what is, what is the box ticking exercise you need to do to decide whether I need to go and get this looked at? Yeah, I think there's a couple of things that you're looking out for as red flags, Charlotte. Oh, um, pain that's increasing over time is obviously something that needs you know, a professional assessment, um, anything that might be causing you to adjust the way in which you run. So often, you know, the body is, we're, we're clever and we can we can find a way around almost yeah. a, a little pain or discomfort, but that then causes other areas to come under stress, which can cause certain compensatory issues. Um, anything that's probably preventing you from like running fast or running longer, um, Definitely no harm, it's in doubt, to go and speak to a physiotherapist or a sports therapist just to put that doubt out of your mind or to get down to actually what the issue is, I think, you know. 
Sonia, do you think that some people don't raise the white flag because they know full well? <laughs> They're like, I, I, it's like, don't ask. It's like when your kids are in another room in the house and if they're quiet, it's either a really bad sign <laughs> or a really good sign and you don't want to disturb it. There, there must be part of that, that sometimes runners are just like, if I go to somebody, they're going to point something out. Can there be that side to this, the little stubbornness in knowing it's going to be bad news if it's any sort of news? Um, yeah, there can be. And I mean, I'm sure if it's bad enough, then eventually you're going to have to be found out and eventually you'll have to stop. Um, but you can. I mean, there's a lot of things that people manage, you know, for a long, long time, especially athletes who get older, because you've got to carry these injuries and aches and pains that you know, wear and tear over the years that really, you know, there's no solution to. And I'm sure this ankle thing that I have, there's no like real solution to it. Mm, but as in it won't be pain free. Uh, well, it won't be fixed forever, I don't think, because it's, you know, I'm trying to describe what it could be like now um, in a normal sense of the word, but like in something else that would be kind of worn down, like it's just something that's nearly worn out that like the shoes, you know, when your running shoes get worn down, like you don't, you don't generally repair the running shoes, do you? Um, you get new ones. And yeah, you can, yeah. You never bring them to the yeah. cobbler. Yeah. yeah. So it's like your joints can, you know, over time they do wear down. And so the one thing you can do is you can strengthen all the areas around it. And, you know, that will definitely be something that I'm looking into. But the thing is, sometimes it gets so weak that are so painful that you can't do the exercises properly mm. whereas that's what i'm hoping is that if i can somehow get some pain relief in the general area that then i'll be able to do more strengthening work around the area that will allow me to kind of build up the muscles the tendons and i don't know if you can build up the joints in the general area mm. and hopefully take some pressure off the weak points um, in my leg. So you're really trying to just kind of get other parts of your body to carry the weak point mm. rather than, you know, always leaning on that and feeling the pain. So um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. And, um, you know, it's I'm, I'm hopeful that I, like because I've been able to manage it over time and it's not broken, um, that there'll be some kind of method of managing and yeah, getting back running again, maybe at a lower level, maybe. And that's, I think that's probably the thing that got me to sort this out eventually was the fact that we were going to run a half marathon. Hmm. And that was just, I was just, there's no way I can run that far on the road. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's just going to be too much. And I was able to be, get myself right for the Cove 10 mile this year. Um, so, you know, maybe I can get myself oh, for 10Ks and, you know, park runs, surely. That's the reality. Yeah. Well, again, Sonia hits on a couple of really interesting things there, um, Trevor, that I'm sure listeners will identify with, that it's actually when you put the goal in front of yourself, if you're aimlessly running around and just you don't kind of really have anything on the horizon, you're not actually giving yourself a watermark or a bar against which you can say, well, is my body able for that? And Sonia actually being asked, could you run a half? put her to the pin of her collar where she had to go, 
Well, no, realistically, I can't. Is that part of the reason why we need to give ourselves like active goals that get us off our arse? Definitely. Yeah, 100%. I think we all need some sort of a finish line in sight. For a lot of you guys and your listeners, you were targeting learn. And I suppose it's understandable then when when you've achieved that, um, you've ran the event that day, there's sometimes a little bit of an absence then that I think I detected from being in due over the last week or so that just wondering like, where's, where, where do we go here? What's next? You're not training as much as you were in the build up. You're not as focused. And sometimes then those little niggles that you were able to deal with and you were able to just train through, come to the surface a little bit more and I suppose sometimes then that's just a, a time to, to refresh and maybe look at mixing things up a little bit, you know, and when you look ahead to what's left in the, if you're not already committed to maybe like a marathon, something different, a new challenge, maybe taking up a little bit of a trail, trail run at the weekend, throwing that in instead of maybe your usual route or for people who are looking for a little bit more of a challenge, maybe something like the cross country scene just presents a new challenge, new, 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 uh, uh, environment that you're moving into mm. and uh, just something to, to freshen things up I think you know well uh, Trevor hints at a couple of uh, <laughs> I guess heart-rending venting uh, voice notes that I sent him during the week about what happened to me and Lauren we didn't get a chance to talk about it last week on the show uh, because the focus was the squad I mean Neil and Ashling, their extraordinary journey their story was amazing I, I really do urge you to go back and listen to that Sounds and Sounds episode whether you've got a half marathon on the horizon or not it's something I'm really proud of and they are really proud of uh, but in the second half of the show I will tell you what exactly happened over there if you've seen the Strava run from my uh, half marathon it tells a story but there's another story within that story and I'd love to get Sonia and Trevor's ideas around it because many people had that dark moment that I had on that day in Antrim uh, we'll also talk about what Sonia mentioned which is the prehab the strengthening around these areas where niggles tend to occur I mean there's only really three isn't there guys there's your ankles your knees and your hips those are the ones that we're going to look at strengthening balancing figuring out stuff that will get there before the injury does. That's all in the second half of this episode of An Irishman Running Abroad over on patreon.com forward slash irishmanabroad. One of the keys to like maintaining your brain mass is pushing past that comfortable zone physically, you know, exercise wise. Imagine, you know, a world where everybody could go out the door and engage in the kind of exercise that's going to make them more relaxed, more healthy, burn off stress. 